and welcome to the Pig and Whistle Tales from Azeroth. As always here at the Pig and Whistle in Instalment, I go through a variety of subjects with regards to World of Warcraft. So grab a bottle or a pint, sit back and enjoy. This episode we'll be going over PvP so far within Season 2. Now, I would be going over both PvE and PvP, but I'm very much more of a PvP player. Um, PvE is definitely not my strong suit, so I wouldn't dare comment on that um, and give my sort of expertise on it because I have none. So I'm going to go into the expertise that I do have in WoW, and that is more PvP-sided. Uh, but let's get straight into the weekly news, as always. Basrikron and uh, Zakali Elders are your weekly world bosses for this week. Both can be found in Waking Shores, or Basrikron can be found in Waking Shores, and the Zakali Elders in Zaralak Caverns. The Battleground event is your bonus event for this week. Essentially, you gain more honour by completing Battlegrounds. Arathi Blizzard is your brawl for this week. This just um, is a complete revamp of the Arathi map, essentially. Like, it's snowing. It's in a blizzard. Um, And essentially, your field of vision is limited to probably about 25 yards-ish. It's really cool. It's really cool. Um, Because you can just meet people on the road that you didn't even see coming. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess we're fighting here. And, you know, it kind of leads into a lot of 1v1 stuff so that's always quite fun to deal with fortitude fortified sorry no yeah fortified afflicted and raging are your mythic affixes for this week fortified oh my god my brain is just uh having a fart um fortified is uh where the mobs the non-boss enemies are a bit stronger in the instance they uh have more health and do more damage the same for anything that they summon afflicted there will be these ghosts that um spawn and essentially you need to top them up with heals i'm not too sure what happens if you don't but i would imagine that it doesn't help and i imagine they give you some sort of buff or healing them so tanks if you really want to help out like paladins and stuff you can just word of glory them healers keep on top of it it, it it's probably a good thing to heal them and you have raging as your final affix this is essentially when they hit 30 percent the mobs they gain a hundred percent damage increase and you just want to either soothe this or you want to uh kill them very quickly we have the Fangs of Ashermane are the uh, artifact weapon that we will be looking at. And I thought about these. The Fangs of Ashermane, the Cypher Balloon, I can go through the entire history of them, uh, to be honest. Um, this is obviously for a different purpose. This won't be in accordance with their artifact power, as some uh, artifacts have a lot more uh, history and lore to them. But it's sort of just going forward. This is what you can kind of expect as this part of the segment almost. So we have Ashermane's Bite. Your combo point generators against targets bleeding from your rip have a 10% chance to awaken the spirit of Ashermane, which inflicts a shadowy duplicate of that rip on the target. This just means that you can have two rips essentially on the target, which is really, really cool. Ashermane's energy, Tychus Fury, generates an additional 5 energy every 1 second for 3 seconds. Very cool. Ashermane's Frenzy, this is the actual ability, the very first ability that you got by unlocking uh, the Fangs of Ashermane. Unleash Ashermane's Frenzy, clawing your target 15 times over 3 seconds for 
a certain amount of physical damage in addition to uh, your bleed damage for six seconds. So this is basically what Feral Frenzy is now. It's a very cool ability. Um, you're hitting 15 times in three seconds. That's very fast, which is really fun to see. Uh, attuned to nature, increase the healing done by regrowth by up to 45%. This is really cool. Um, essentially, whenever you use a combo, um, not generator, combo point uh, spender, so Ferocious Bite Rip, you get a instant cast regrowth or uh, entangling roots, so your regrowth uh, is just naturally better. Fangs of the First, your bond with the Avatar of Ashamane strengthens, allowing you to further channel her great power. Increases all damage by 5%. Very simple. Feral Instinct, Berserk and Incarn, King of the Jungle, increases all damage you deal by 15% for 15 seconds. A massive power spike there when using that cooldown. Feral Power, increases the critical strike chance of Shred by 15%. Hardened Roots, your bleed effects will no longer cancel entangling roots early, which is really, really good. Honed Instincts, increase the duration of survival instincts by three seconds. Not not too bad at all. Open Wounds, the fangs of Ashamane tear deep into your target, causing your attacks to ignore 15% of the target's armor while Rip is active. This is actually really good. That's actually really like effective against like any sort of melee cleaves. Powerful Bite, increase the critical strike damage done of your Ferocious Bite by 21%. Protection of Ashamane, when you shapeshift out of cat, gain 100% increased dodge chance and armor for 5 seconds, or until you shapeshift back into cat. Oh my god, that's 100% dodge chance, sorry if you heard my chest weak. 100% for 5 seconds, if you go up against melees, like double warrior, for imagine, like, imagine this. You just come out of cat form and you just stand there. They can't hit you. How crazy is that? You just stand there and they cannot hit you for five seconds. Obviously, they can go behind you and stuff. But how how like insane is that? Uh, uh, that's pretty good. Razor Fangs, increase the damage dealt by Rip by 12%. Scent of Blood, each target hit by Thrash reduces the cost of Swipe and Brutal Slash by two energy for the next four seconds. Okay. Shadow Thrash. Thrash has a 25% chance to release part of Ashamane's soul, causing all enemies to take 200% of your attack power as shadow damage over two seconds. That's really cool. Sharpened Claws. Increase the damage of Swipe and Brutal Slash by 21%. Shredded Fangs. Increase the damage dealt by Shred by 15%. And Tear the Flesh increases the damage dealt by Rake um, by 21%, which is really, really cool, to be honest. So, the Fangs of Ashramane kind of made a lot of what Druid damage is, but it has a massive defensive capability in that um, protection of Ashramane. That's actually insane. But let's get on to the main part of the episode this week. And it is all about PvP in Season 2. So, what's happening? What's the current meta looking like? What's fun? Um, I'll, I'll get to all of them. But essentially, I want to talk about one thing, and one thing that like really bothers me. Um, we have had a healer recently that isn't been able to play. Um, so, myself and uh, the other person that I play with, my other DPS partner, we both have alts that we obviously go on. 
and we go into looking for group to find a healer. We do this very chilled, relaxed. We sometimes go on alts where it's just very chilled, but we sometimes have um, we have alts of our main specs. So they're basically the same, but these two are utilized as looking for group bots, whereas the other, like our actual mains, are used to queue with the healer that can't play at the moment. And what I've noticed is every single time... Now, I've noticed this for a while, but because I haven't needed looking for group for a very long time, or not a very long time, for like a few months-ish, um, what I've noticed is whenever there is someone who has a weak mentality to the game, to PvP, or has just had a bad day, after one single loss, they will leave the group. Without saying a word, they will just leave. Nothing more to it. Um, And this can get, obviously, very frustrating if you're looking to find a healer, because, obviously, healers are very much in demand right now, so... They can sort of leave, join another group very easily, unlike DPS who need to find another healer and stuff like that. But if you're looking to sign up for a group, you need to be able to, like... Let's take a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now i don't know have not been a weak mental state as it were Either you need to give them a contract to say that they'll stay for at least three games for the love of God. Um, essentially, we've had a lot of people who are joining. We lose the first game. You know, you lose the first game sometimes. It happens. It's either a very close game or you get rolled over just because, you know, shit happens. And they'll leave. No matter which like outcome it was, it was a very close game or it was a steamroll by the other team, they will leave. And uh, this is like, oh, okay, well, it happens. But it happens so frequently. And I imagine this isn't the like something that I'm just experiencing. I imagine that this is something that a lot of people experience if they're playing with one other teammate who wants to do threes or if they are the person who's leaving. They probably are the ones who are like ruining it for others because it takes a few games to sort of understand how people play. And uh, I, I do have to mention this. I've you know, gather my data. And from what I see personally, people who leave after one game are those who are lower in their experience. So if I go off of last season, about 2.8 was probably high. 2.8 was probably very high. I don't think anyone got 3k. There might've been one or two, but 2.8 is high. You know, 2k is relatively good that season and 2.4 is your like very good like high-end players 1600 is probably like a fair amount but i would say a lot of people are around 1400 in that season and are quite steadily at 1400 mmr 
because of how deflated it was last season. These people who have been sort of that MMR um, have very weak mentality when it does come to PvP. Not everyone. I do want to say that. Not everyone. But I. this is what I've noticed. People who we pick up to play with, because these are on alts or something, you know, we're not really looking to go crazy, push to rank one and whatnot. We're just looking to have a chill time. And we do push. We do push even though we're like having to, a very chill time. But after one loss, people leave. Now, I've had games where we've won. We've actually won the game. And it was a very close game. It was a very solid game. It was, you know, against a meta comp. It was like Rogue Warlock or something. And we were boomy like Hunter. Um, we've won. And it was a real grueling game. You know, we really had to grind out the win. But he still left. And that that's what I don't get. Like, it was a really good game. It was a game that people actually would enjoy and be like, oh, that was fun, you know, we'll carry on. But no, he said nothing left, and that was it. We've had people who were, like, so ridiculous. We've had, yeah, we've literally had people who join the game or join us, play the game, they have messed up. They have actively messed up. You know how you rotate cooldowns? It's like, okay, I've used my cooldowns. Kind of, it should be on him to save me next if he's in CC. If he doesn't a trinket, you know, it's one of them things you can't help it. Um, You know, circumstances all, like, change throughout the game. And uh, we've had games where my teammate is CC'd. He's a hunter, so he's got no trinket, no turtle. Or he does have turtle, but he has got no trinket. He has Exil and everything. He has everything, but he has used his trinket. And uh, this trinket was used to save himself as well. He just didn't need to press anything in that go because uh, he managed to see the danger early and I managed to get a clone in the meantime just before I got CC'd by the other DPS, you know, that kind of thing. So he is uh, in a kidney shop and this warlock is pumping cow's bolts in. Our healer is free, completely free, they didn't CC him at all. I don't know how they messed up the sort of um, DRs or something, most likely, the diminishing returns. And essentially what has happened is our healer is spam flash healing him, but he's not out healing the damage that is coming out. I think it's like Deathmark as well as Chaos Bolts flying in from a Destruction Warlock. Our guy has Pain Suppression, Dome, Void Shift, and I'm pretty sure like Rapture as well. He has big defensive cooldowns that he could use. Instead, he decides to press none of these. Our hunter dies. We leave the arena. And then he proceeds to blame the hunter for not pressing turtle when he's in a kidney shot. Like, he proceeded to blame him and then instantly leave. And that's the thing. We checked him and stuff. When on like check PvP, and he was a lower rated player, and this is the thing: it's the mentality side of, oh, I what could I have done that game? I could have void shifted, you know, I could have saved him and not have used a trinket or a lot of mana. I could have pain supped, and then even if I did get CCT, should have been fine. I could have leap a faith in behind the box to line aside the uh, warlock that's just doing damage to him. You know, he doesn't think that way. He thinks. He died and he had all of his buttons, so he's the problem. Whereas he still had all of his buttons and wasn't kidney shotted or in any form of CC. So, like, uh, I just don't get it. I don't get people's mentality towards um, the game sometimes and the way that they view it. 
but it's a massive problem. People can completely just shutting down after one game and leaving a group. It's so common and it's such an annoyance. Now, I if they can do something to stop that from happening, now maybe not like completely because I understand if people actually have to go, if there's an emergency, if people have to just insta exit game, you know, all of them things. But kind of like solo shuffle, like or or even just give them like a sort of contract or an idea of how long you can play for. So it's like, oh, I can play for a few games. I can play for several games. I can play until this time. You know, when they're signing up, maybe. Who knows? Do something like that. But I think looking for group kind of needs a little bit of a revamp in terms of what it needs to do. It needs some love, maybe. Um, But yeah, it's just a little bit of a pet peeve that I have noticed over the past couple of days. Um, The meta right now. Let's see. What is the meta? Enhanced Shamans? Uh, Destro Warlocks? I've seen quite a lot of sub-rogues, but the thing is with sub-rogues, they don't do a lot. They only do something on their actual go, their secret tech go. What a sub-rogue does is set up for the other DPS. So if you see a rogue going for CC, what you want to be doing is CCing the other DPS. Because unless the rogue has his cooldowns, which is secret technique, he will not be the one killing your like kill, killing their kill target. It will be the Warlock that he's with or the Enhancement Shaman or the Warrior or something. You know, it will be one of them. So I think you're looking at Enhancement Shamans. You're looking at Warlocks, Destro Warlocks. You're looking at Boomy. Um, the only thing with Boomy is I think that you can get switched to and you're, you're very much a ramp class, kind of like Affliction Warlock. And if you kind of stop that ramp, it isn't as sort of scary um, for the most part. But... Essentially, you're looking at these main these classes. Fury Warrior is getting a little bit. Mm, I'm not sure about that. Fury Warrior is looking a little bit like in the shadows. It's lurking almost. Healers wise, I'd say all healers are doing decently. There's obviously the few like uh, Holy Paladin need a bit of love. Maybe Holy Priest, you know them kind of specs. But Mistweaver, very strong pick right now. Uh, Discipline Priest, I would say, is a solid pick as well. Resto Shaman with the right comp. You know, all healers are somewhat decent, but I think there's a couple of specs or um, healers that do need a little bit of love. I'm not going to lie. I, I would say the car- the meta is very much going to be towards casters. If you're looking to take away crit um, or end crit, I would imagine it's towards casters because obviously Warlocks can just negate crit completely. Um, Paladins will soon be able to negate crit with their recent change on the PTR, their ho- their new PvP talent that just um, stops that for six seconds. So, yeah, they're looking at a lot of changes, and I think that if you're looking at a meta, it would probably be a good caster meta uh, more than anything. The only thing that I can kind of see breaking that would be Enhancement Shamans because they bring Grounding Totem, they bring Tremor Totem for Fears, they bring... Earth Shield, Passive Heals, they bring a lot of damage, a lot of very bursty damage as well, which can be like very much utilised against casters, against stuff like Shadow Priests, against stuff like um, Warlocks who just survive off a of Soul Leech and stuff like that. So I would imagine anything with an Enhancement Shaman would be good. But you've got the same as like Cupid Cleave, which is your Hunter Retribution Paladin. You know, they're still very good. Rets are still very good, but people are just sleeping on them because they think, oh, they're not like 
been a one shot or as overpowered as they were at the end of season one, they're still good. They're still very solid. People just don't care. They look towards what's new. The flavor of the month, which is a warlock. Like, honestly, if you just played Rep Paladin, you would see how good Rep Paladin still is. It's ridiculous. Please just carry on playing your Rep Paladins. I enjoy playing against Rep Paladins as a boomkin. I, I love having them chase me for about 10 minutes while they're unkillable. You know, that kind of deal. Um, Yeah, I, I would very much say it's looking towards a more caster meta. And I would very much say it's... um. Yeah, Enhance would be the melee to sort of, I, I say melee in very light terms. They they basically one-shot you from half the map away. But they are the melee that would break any caster uh, team, essentially. From what I see, anyway, just because of their utility and the way that they deal damage. In terms of what's fun, honestly, you're going to have the meta classes, Warlock, Boomy, I always find fun, but that's personal opinion. Um, sub rogue, if you can get it down, can be hilarious because I've seen sub rogues that just hundred o people in a global with secret technique, which looks very fun. But being on the receiving end of it is not fun. If you're someone who enjoys dishing out that sort of pain to people, by all means, play a sub rogue. But yeah, it, it's it looks quite fun. I'm not gonna lie. Um, hunters are quite you know, slept on at the moment, or they're not at the forefront of people's um, mem- or thoughts at the moment, purely on the basis that Warlock is there uh, in everyone's face. So, yeah, they're they're kind of flying under the radar. Warrior, Fury Warrior is looking up a bit. The stocks in Fury Warrior are definitely going up. But, you know, I would definitely say there's a lot of things that are fun. There's not a lot that are unfun at the moment, and I think Dragonflight has done a really good job at you know, doing that. Um, I'm trying to think what might be unfun to play, but I honestly don't think there is much. Maybe like Arcane Mage or Frost Mage at the moment, even though Frost Mage is getting a few little, like little tweaks in the pre or in the uh, next patch, which will be cool. Um, so they might become a bit more enjoyable with Ray of Frost buffs and stuff like that. But there's there's a lot that is like really enjoyable, and fun is obviously very much subjective. Like what I find fun, you might not find fun. Um, but I would say everything is in a very solid place for enjoyment purposes. But there are still stronger classes that have um, had buffs, and it is a power creep that is now caught up to them because Destro Warlocks were good at the very start of season one, and then dropped off quite heavily, and then they slowly got buffed. And suddenly they're, boom, in your face every single game. Destro Warlock, you know, that kind of thing. It, it is what it is. Power creeps happen in games, and you just got to deal with them. But yeah, it, it is what it is. But that is where I will end it for this episode. It is a very short one, so I do apologise for that. But we had a long one last week, so I hope that makes up for it. But thank you all very much for listening. Do check out the socials, Twitch, YouTube. They're all down in but. Be- down below in the uh, description as well as support the show it will mean a massive um show of support to pig and whistle it's i i can't thank you enough for just listening to the podcast but that little extra support will go a massively long way to supporting the show getting more episodes out and stuff like that in the future thank you all very much for listening once again and go with valor friend goodbye all <laughs>